0: Welcome back to the Purple Political Podcast, a podcast where it's meant for discussion, potential solutions, maybe even some debates. At the end of the day, this podcast is for conversation. Now, today's episode is not going to be as long and extended as prior episodes, mainly because I don't have a guest for today's episode, and this one's going to be relatively short if I'm being completely honest. Um, But I will speak my piece in today's topic in reference to the Respect for Marriage Act being officially implemented in the federal government for the most part. It's an interesting conversation, but at the very least, I want to elicit what it is and what it means so nobody is confused on what it provides and the rights it provides to different couples, of course. And like I said, this will be short and sweet. Uh, Don't call me lazy, but I just have a lot going on, but I still want to relay the weekly Monday content, so I am up to speed for everybody listening. Now, the Respect for Marriage Act was passed relatively recently, and it was very interesting that this act was passed kind of like out of nowhere, but we knew this was in the works. This is kind of derived from Roe v. Wade being overturned at the federal level, giving all the power to the states to determine whether or not they want to ban abortion, whether or not they want to make it a little bit more contextual and nuanced, or whether they want to allow it. And from that, there's been some rumbling in the courts and the Supreme Court, and uh, in different parties and different politicians, referencing whether or not there are other acts in the uh, that was already implemented that also should be looked at and appealed and given the power straight to the state government. One of the things that's been elicited by one of these Supreme Court justices, I remember reading this. Is something regarding marriage and whether same-sex marriage, interracial marriage should be looked at. Now, people took this a little too far. I definitely remember talking about it at one point on my podcast episode, is that people started going so far as to say, oh, they're about to ban everything, but that wasn't necessarily the what was said, but there were some rumblings and discussions on How to deal with that situation? So an act like this being implemented eventually makes sense. It was either going to be more of a conservative uh, response or more of a liberal democratic response, and this is definitely more of the progressive side. All right, the respect for America, very simply. It definitely allows same sex marriage as well as interracial marriage at the federal level to the point that if a state government were to deny you the right to get married as an individual as to consenting adults, then you can um, take civil action against the state. So that is the cut and dry of it. Now, there are some conversations in reference to whether or not the state or the federal government should have this power in the first place and whether or not the state government should have complete autonomy in deciding whether or not they should allow same-sex marriage or just marriage laws in general. It's a very interesting conversation for the most part, but you also have to consider uh, one aspect of it is that when it comes to marriage, kind of the key component. Besides the religious context of it Which I'll talk about in a second Is the legal ramifications And the benefits and the requirement Or the legal requirements that is has to be upheld Once you're officially binding married And most of those benefits Tend to be at the federal level So there is a legit argument That the federal government Since they're deciding these uh Benefit to assure that there isn't some weird uh, uh, discrepancy between states. That the federal government should have, uh, should be allowed to decide whether or not certain people should be married. That way, it's a lot more consistent, a lot more straight to the point. There is not discrepancy. If you move to another state, then you have to figure out. Oh, are we still married? Um, when it comes down to the benefits you're not getting benefits you're not kind of going to the states to decide a lot of the 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 uh, requirements in reference to marriage you're you're going to the federal government so that's a lot of the argument in reference to the federal government deserving to have this power because at the end of the day a lot of marriage in terms of the legal side is very much related to the federal government itself more so than the state government so with that said some people may be concerned that hey my religious beliefs my religious religious institution does not allow gay marriage same sex marriage and just to kind of be very clear on the vernacular of the act itself it indicates that it's not between husband and wife but two Individuals, so it kind of takes sex out of the equation and really focuses on two individuals wanting to get married. So I'm sure it kind of covers trans people as well. Uh, I wouldn't say this kind of goes to anything that's not a person, but that's a different story. Uh, they did input in this act that this does not follow, this does not apply to polygamy. So, if you're married to more than one person, this act does not cover you. It just covers two adults, and that is it. So, to go back into the religious context of it, they did apply in the act that religious institutions are not required to accommodate uh the same sex marriages if they don't want to, because if it's against their foundation, so to speak, so these people could still get married, but they won't be getting married in a church that church said now nah, we don't like gay people, so it doesn't really go against or forces any religious institutions to do something that is against their foundation, but it still allows these individuals to get married maybe on just a different platform or a different way that is separate from. The you know church or the mosque or anything now the question of like finding an individual to coordinate the the ceremony. I'm sure they could find someone there are religious people that are okay with gay marriage. So that shouldn't be a big problem at the end of the day. They just if a religious institution doesn't want anything to do with you they're not obligated to deal with you. That is something to really keep in mind because. When it comes to these acts, there's a lot of nuance with it. Yes, same-sex marriage and interracial marriage are across the board federally. Every state are supposed to abide by it. There's the argument that the federal uh, government is already tied to marriage more so than the state government anyway. And this won't this will alleviate any kind of discrepancy and alleviate any concern that anybody would have in regards to, you know, certain justices talking about a we should look at this act and adjust it. Right. Obviously, like I said, this is in response to Roe v. Wade, but add the additional context. It doesn't cover polygamy and it doesn't cover obligating religious institutions to accommodate your marriage. Very important context that people need to consider. Now to kind of go into the nitty gritty, right? The innate philosophy is, oh, is this is this okay? Or or do I think it's okay? Since this is kind of a solo episode, I might as well give my thoughts. And for the most part, if I'm being completely honest, I don't mind. I I don't mind, I don't care. Actually, I think that's a better terminology. I don't care who wants to get married. Marriage as an institution is very interesting nowadays as people are trying to get married for love. But considering there's like a 50% divorce rate nowadays, it seems much more touchy, more so in this generation than ever so before. It seems like people don't value marriage as much, but also want the right to be married at the same time. It's a very interesting nuance when it comes to marriage. Wanting to be married, but not valuing marriage as much as it should be, in my personal opinion. Because when I get married, I want to make sure that I'm married once, and that is it. There's a lot of problems, potentially, when it comes to marriage, if we're really honest about it. With the child system, with like, if you get a divorce, and the expenses, and it leaning to more to the wife. When it comes to uh, child support, and the custody of kids. There's a lot of things that definitely need to be adjusted in terms of our marriage system nowadays. But as for consenting adults wanting to get married, I think for the most part, if they want to be part of this current system, they should be allowed to uh, since they're both adults adults. At the end of the day, adults, as long as they're not harming anybody else, shouldn't have the right to do what every other adult is able to do right now. I guess some people's potential concern that needs to be addressed is making sure that this doesn't keep on expanding in terms of the the requirement or the uh, scope of who should be allowed to marry. Uh, I'm sure that's a concern for some people who are more on the conservative side. They don't want to allow certain people to uh, marry at a younger age versus an older age. Or they don't want people being able to marry like animals or physical objects. And that's an interesting concern. But for the most part, in comparison from that to what is going on currently, two adults should be allowed to do what every other two adults should be allowed. Moving beyond that is ridiculous. And I think we all can agree to that at the bare minimum. And you also have to take into account that a lot of state governments had different requirements in terms of age also. So they had other weird laws too. I think once it's more blanketed at the federal level, there would be less worry about these weird situations where we have a 13-year-old potentially married a 35-year-old. If we get a clear, understandable uh. Guideline of who should be allowed to marry to consenting adults, then that makes things very easy across the board in comparison to anything else, if we're being completely honest. And I guess the only other question is who considers who is considered an adult, as of right now that's a eighteen years old, so that is all we got for today's episode, like I said, short and sweet twelve minute episode I know usually this is about an hour long we'll be back for the next episode whether or not it'll be another solo episode i'm not sure i have to find a guess i do have guests up in the in the line but you know sometimes you don't have a guest line or technical difficulties oh man you should have heard one of my recent episodes we're talking about the bail system and preventative detention but the audio file got completely corrupted so i can't publish that so my apologies We will be back next Monday. Of course, rate it five stars. And check out the YouTube channel, Purple Politics Podcast on the YouTubes. The TikTok, Instagram, they got clips all over. Follow me on Twitter, of course. Do all that good stuff. We'll continue to grind content and have even more dynamic conversations, more interesting debates, and come up with more productive solutions. Y'all have a good one. Take care and peace.